Welcome into the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I am joined by somebody who just recently traded for Drew Brees and is quite happy about it. Very, very, very happy about it. Uh, I already have Deshaun Watson, so having Drew Brees as a second quarterback in a two-quarterback league, I think, is essential for some sort of playoff push. Exactly. And it's important to not just have the Iron Mans and the Captain Americas, but the Black Widows and the Hawkeyes as well. Yeah, yeah. You need some support. Exactly, exactly. I think it was a great move. And I didn't give up much to get them. There you go. Yeah. And today we are going to be talking about a few things with the news, but Mm -hmm. then we're going to close with um, your second excerpt. Mm-hmm. From your mental comic book. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've uh, been excited to get back into that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm really excited actually for uh, your reaction since you had some like positive feedback for it. So I'm excited for issue number two and going forward. Uh, I've got some pretty cool things like up my sleeve for uh, the pending, like the, f- the coming weeks. Yeah. I think we're all excited to hear what you got in store for us. Um, we will start out with some news here. So WandaVision uh, release date of January 15th is the latest in major Marvel news. And we weren't sure when it was going to come out. We were not sure when anything's going to come out, quite frankly. Uh, we know that Falcon and Winter Soldier got pushed back. And the Eternals got pushed back and Black Widow got pushed back. So really everything got moved. Mm-hmm. And we've been waiting to find out the exact dates for all these things. So it's nice to have a concrete day to uh, look forward to for WandaVision. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, uh, that's obviously a big day for me. But uh, WandaVision's kind of the icing on the cake, so to say, as a really corny joke to make. But um Black Widow got cakes. <laughs> yeah. Scarlet that's, Witch that's... got cherries. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I think everybody is. I mean, we've all been like itching for something uh, here recently. Um, because we haven't had anything since Spider-Man. Which would have been wow. like, what, June or July of last year? I was year? in Brazil. You were in Brazil. That's right. So... First, like, taste of something Marvel-related in well over a year, year and a half. So I'm, I'm chomping at the bit for this. Wow, yeah, I did not realize that. Yeah, I knew it had been a while, but the fact that the last time a Marvel movie came out, I was in Brazil, which seems like a long, long time ago now. Mm -hmm. Ooh, well, it goes by so fast. Yeah, it has, and well. To be honest, 2020 has kind of been a, a black hole of yeah. void of sorts. <laughs> I think all of our minds are kind of warped because of 2020. I mean, we've gone through so many historical events in one year. It seems it seems like every day is some sort of historical event. So, yeah, uh, well, I, I've made the joke before that it feels like this one year has lasted a decade. So we needed to defeat Thanos every day of 2020 to give us a little bit of a boost. Basically. So it all came in 2019 <laughs> when we were all just, you know, feeling okay. Oh, but it, we're looking forward to the next, uh, show. So WandaVision is going to bring us back to mm-hmm. Marvel. 
Yeah. And following that, we've already gone over the like timeline, chronological order of the upcoming movies and TV shows, but um, we're not exactly sure when anything's going to be released. They have tentative release dates, but we're hoping to see uh, Shang-Chi and Black Widow uh, coming up pretty soon in the spring. So WandaVision will be our intro back into the universe. And what an interesting intro it will be. Yeah. Uh, nothing like we've ever seen before no. within the universe at all. Right, right, right. And I'm really excited about this. I mean, we've talked, I think we've talked about WandaVision a lot so far, but I mean, it, it, it uh, I think it's deserving because well, well, you know, like I said before, Spider-Man was the last thing that we saw. This is obviously the, the, the first thing we we're going to see since then. Um, I'm still perplexed because I really felt like I had read somewhere that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first like show that was released on Disney Plus. But I guess there was some kind of like reshoot or something of the of the show. So it got pushed back even farther. Um, unfortunately, but I think actually that this is actually a better intro than Falcon and Winter Soldier would be. Um, so just, just because of the basis of what, what it could be. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier too, that, uh, the whole thing with Quicksilver, like we talked about on the last episode, I didn't even put it together, but that that could be maybe a starting point for like some kind of house of M storyline or the house of mouse, the house of mouse. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they decide to go that route, we, we don't know, but it could be the beginning of something massive. Um, but that's the, that's the beauty of it is that it could be this or it could be that. And I'm just super excited. You make a good point because Falcon and Winter Soldier is really going to be a payoff. Um, you know, there might be things that you know, relate to the future of the franchise, but I think the majority of it is going to be filling in holes, not necessarily holes, but gaps from previous uh, times. And it's not going to be so much setting up future things as much as it is uh, dealing with current events and uh, very, you know, closely you know previous events so uh wandavision is going to be setting up a lot of things for the future and so yeah why not get back into the tv shows and the marvel universe and all this with something a little bit unique that'll set us up for uh you know something like a doctor strange maybe we get you know push our way into a doctor strange 2 rather than uh immediately go into captain america civil war which we were really excited about because of what happened at the end of the uh, final Avengers movie uh, so far. And so that was like, a, let's go, let's find out what else is happening. We're excited. Mm-hmm. But WandaVision, it's like, boy, I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, this is really cool. Untouched uh, you know, territory. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like what I was, what I was really thinking, like, like Falcon and Winter Soldier just seems like it's going to be this. Like it's going to be action, espionage, basically Captain America Winter Soldier, I think. Um, which isn't bad because Captain America Winter Soldier is like probably top three, at least top five 
best MCU films to date. Um, so, but I mean, we know, we know that, you know, basically that's what it's going to be. Um, there's, there's probably going to be a few things that kind of shake some things up, but like, it's not going to be too drastic. This is huge because of the implications that it has. So, right. But the big twist is already revealed. Yeah. But as we say that, we should maybe get into topic number two because it's a perfect segue for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. And what we're looking at here is the possibility of Wolverine in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I don't think it's like a, it's not a big thing. It's a big thing, but it's not like huge. Like we're not going to see him in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I don't think he debuts there. But it's the implication and Marvel does this perfectly where they plant something for you to see, to tease you only if you know about it. And it's just like this little thing in the background that's, that's there the whole time. And, and basically what we're talking about here is like the leak photo of the set of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which shows the flag of Madripoor, which is essential to Wolverine. Uh, basically, like the samurai Wolverine, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge deal. What was the first, uh, you know, people call them Easter eggs, but what was the first thing that you ever saw that made you go, <gasps> maybe there's something coming? Um, in, in the MCU, what was the first one? I'll tell you mine. I would say probably, uh, the stone. Okay. Like seeing the first stone or like, uh, well, I think it's Captain America, the first Captain America because of the, the cube. Right. Uh, I thought when I saw that, I was like, Oh, the Harry Potter janitor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, there could be something huge, like a lot bigger than this that they're going to try to tie in. And I mean, I never imagined that it would get this big, but like it was there. Possibilities were there. So, right. Mine was Captain America's shield sitting in Iron Man's workshop. Oh yeah. Cause I remember like early internet, <laughs> uh, early social media internet, I guess that it was like, everybody's like, Oh my gosh. That's Cap Shield. If you pause the yeah. the DVD <laughs> on this frame, th- there's a shield. Why is it sitting there? Does that mean Captain America is coming? Does that mean you know all these different things? Mm-hmm. And are they in the same universe? Like what is going on here? Yeah. So they've always done this, and they do this as well as anybody. And sometimes they put things there just so we talk about it. Mm-hmm. It may not have anything to do with the future, but. Right. Sometimes they throw things in there as a hey. Yeah. It's hey kid. it's basically it's basically what happened in Endgame with uh oh my gosh, what's her name? Uh she's like T'Challa's right-hand woman when she oh. says that there's an earthquake, you know, nothing yeah, yeah. or basically. Aquay, yeah, right, right, right. How can I not remember names? Um, I, names are like the hardest part about this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I botch names left and right. But um, yeah, when Okoye says, you know, there's an earthquake, you know, under the ocean or whatever, like everybody who knows anything about Marvel is like tensed up right there and was like, wait a minute. That's not nothing <laughs> like that. That's that's Namor. Oh, my gosh, it's Namor. And that's why all these theories have been buzzing for a year now, well over a year uh, of, you know, well, Namor is going to be the villain of Black Panther 2 or if he's not the villain, he's going to be some kind of like, you know, side character at first. Uh, you know, it's just it's just insane that now it's so big that they really can't do something like this and like sneak it past anybody because somebody's going to catch it. And then instantaneously a million people know what's coming next. How fun is it to be Kevin Feige? Oh, he's like sitting somewhere like, you know, like, Oh, you know, like he's got (laughs) all the tools at his disposal. It's like you're the best basketball player in the world and you're just driving down the court and you see two people that are absolutely helpless and you can do anything you want right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Kevin's looking around going, I got the golden touch. I can write my own comic books and watch them come to life in front of me. Exactly. That's the dream job. That really is a dream. You know, that really is a dream. He, he gets to take from inspiration and, you know, build these things that he grew up loving, but he gets to really see them, you know, play out in real life. And we get to watch the, the byproduct of his, uh, frankly, genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking forward to seeing what he does with Wolverine. If he uh, throws in a little extra bit of teaser in there or he leaves it as it is. Yeah. Either way, everybody's going to be um, eyes open that is aware of uh, what significance that does have towards him. And I'm certainly looking forward to see if that means something for the future. or uh, Maybe he's just... It's like an appetizer. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. Here's a little something to get you excited. I think. I think what would make people more excited, too, is the idea that Kevin Feige's stated that he would like to have the original X-Men cast as well. Uh, And he's been in talks with them, you know, um, just because he's he's close to that cast. And. Um, I, I think that would be, that would do wonders for the MCU to be able to get those same people back. I know it's like very highly unlikely because of like age or, you know, this or that, but like, how awesome would it be if like, I don't know, like late season one Falcon and Winter Soldier do some kind of espionage type thing in Madripoor and all of a sudden you hear the snicked. And you look up and it's freaking Hugh Jackman. Like, right. oh my gosh. It'd be like, incredible. Oh my gosh, dude. I'd probably cry at that. So, uh, I don't know. And but I'm super excited for that. It really comes down to what is a moment worth versus the web that you're trying to spin for the future. Yeah. You know, because like the moment of Quicksilver dying in Avengers 2 was essential to the story they were trying to tell. But then you go like five, six, seven, eight years down the line, you're going, okay, we don't have Quicksilver anymore, you know? Right. So it's, it's that, are we going to just throw Hugh Jackman in there and everybody goes, holy crap, 
is that worth maybe the limitations that sets up for them as uh, for Wolverine? Are there limitations if that happens? I don't know. But I'm curious to see. They've always kind of saved the big fan moments for those payoff movies, uh, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how they go about it. But I would not be surprised at this point uh, with anything that they, they do, to be honest. I think it kind of would make sense if they did it that way, just to like get more people on Disney+. Plus. But that's me. I don't know. Yeah, and that's a good point, too, because at the end of the day, if they don't make an egregious amount of money, they don't get the freedom to make the decisions that they do. Mm-hmm. So they still, at the end of the day, need to make money. And Hugh Jackman does make money. Right. So a little uh, tidbit when we were starting this podcast, a few things about the news kind of slipped uh, under our radar. And one of them being Nick Fury TV show um, that has been confirmed. So we don't have any details about it other than uh, Samuel Jackson will be reprising his role as Nick Fury. And as I was saying, when's the last time you saw Nick Fe- or sorry uh, Samuel Jackson in a TV show? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> to be I honest, I don't know the that. answer to that. I'm a little too young to <laughs> yeah. remember him even being in a TV show at all. I literally only remember him from movies. For sure. Like Pulp Fiction. So. Uh, I mean. It, I right. Know. And with that being said, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's amazing. Like. Number one, it's amazing that this slipped under our noses like it did, (laughs) because like, I don't know, it just, I never saw anything on it until literally today, and this news broke like months ago, so, um, but I mean, I think it's great because Nick Fury is such an interesting character, um, and I mean, he's been a part of like so many things that we don't even know of on the side we there's so many things that happened in the past that just got revealed in captain marvel um so he's he's definitely like an intriguing character and for him to have his own show uh man i'm i'm really excited for that now and i mean to get to see samuel L. jackson a little more which i'm always down for he's a cool dude nick fury's awesome yeah, it seemed like for a while there's like anything Samuel Jackson was in it, you should probably go see. Yeah. Like that was in terms of MCU, it was like if he had a major role, the movie was probably really well written and it was fun and exciting. Um I would say pretty much every one that he takes a significant role in is top 10 except maybe Captain Marvel, but that was a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Where he was younger, it wasn't the same Fury. Right, it wasn't like Super Spy Nick Fury. It was more of like figuring out his role in um, Shield Nick Fury. Yeah, and and so, it's kind yeah. of cool because that movie actually kind of plays as like a basic introduction to both. Right, even though we already know who Nick Fury is, but uh, yeah, that man, that's it's really neat to see that they're actually going to go through with it. Definitely, and. I just, yeah, as you said, I want more Samuel Jackson in my life. So uh, he's always an interesting interview. He basically talks about if they pay me, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, but for him to have committed I've, at this point, probably 13 years of his acting career to this, he's yeah. really, he cares, you know, mm-hmm. he, he trusts them. And that's pretty cool. 
Um, so another thing that kind of popped up around uh, September was Giancarlo Esposito um, being rumored as a Marvel character, an unnamed Marvel character at this point. And so we're kind of theorizing where he may fit. He has talked, and it seems like every time we look up these actors, they're all going, I would love to be in a Marvel movie because mm, yeah. at this point, it's just like every other major film franchise where they're going, I want to be paid a lot too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is in The Mandalorian, so he has a close working relationship with Disney already. Mm-hmm. And he has, you know, obviously great acting range, fantastic actor in his own right. Um, so what are your thoughts about him entering the MCU possibly? And what kind of role would you be looking for him to take? I think he's a great ad because of how well he can portray someone evil. And it was kind of like, as I was talking to you before we did this actually, and we saw that news of him potentially being in, like it's automatically a yes for me because just like I said, like, man, he can do so much without saying anything, without saying one line. He's that like, he's just got the like stoned face that a villain I think should have. And um, so I, I could definitely see him playing a, a big bad in one, maybe two movies. And I think he would, he would kill it. He would crush it. What would be the role that you'd think he would fit best as currently? Uh, that's tough to say. Um, it's really tough. Uh, you know, we, we, we got the, the news that, you know, we have a certain villain coming to Ant-Man three, um, that I think he could do well as, um, if they decided to do apocalypse or something like that, he could totally be apocalypse. Cause I think that's, you know, once again, like that stone face doing stuff without like setting a mood without saying anything, uh, that kind of fits the apocalypse, you know, role. Um, and Giancarlo Esposito is very well known at this point. So to have him play a villain, that's kind of like not well known kind of is a slap in the face. I mean, I don't think he would look at it that way, but I mean, I, I think you would want to give him a villain that's like people know, like, and know pretty well. So I think somebody like Apocalypse or like Dr. Doom or, or somebody like that could, he could really do and, and do well. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, the guy that plays the Mandal- uh, the, the Mandarin. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Ben... Uh, I'm on the right track. I think Ben Kingsley, <laughs> Ben Kingsley, I think, um, that's a person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many names in the MCU at this point. Yeah. But I mean, it, somebody like that, I mean, he's a great actor and you know, the Mandarin is a, is a huge, huge name to just like drop out there for the MCU. So yeah, I don't think you can give him like a tiny one-off role, but it's possible that they do it. I don't know. I mean, they've got the clout now to be like, yeah, you know, Leo, it'd be cool to have you in the MCU, Leonardo DiCaprio, but we're just going to have you for one movie. <laughs> so, right. like, I mean, it, it, 
I just see him as somebody that could stick around for a while. I would love to see his portrayal as Dr. Doom. Um, I think to non MC or non Marvel people, Dr. Doom is more of a, a name that kind of rings a bell, but they really don't know, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's a good mix of everybody kind of knows Dr. Doom is a character and they kind of know he's important, but they're not necessarily related to his backstory. Like they're not all in on who he is. So I think that would be a great little in the middle mix of, Hey, you get to play somebody that's exciting, but you also get to become that character. Right. Because nobody's ever been Dr. Doom right. in the pop culture aspect of things. We don't really have a voice precedent. Just like with uh, yeah. Galactus or somebody like that, we don't really have a voice precedent. Uh, so and that's be truly the genius of the MCU so far is the cultural effect of there's Thor and there's Chris Hemsworth. But, but there's, there's no Thor without Chris Hemsworth. Like exactly, you're not just going to start a movie company and make a Thor right. without Chris Hemsworth at this point. <laughs> yeah. So they've done a really good job of like monopolizing a role, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not Batman where it's become you know different people over and over and over. Um, and Spider-Man's the one, you know, you could say yes, they keep recasting it, but they weren't in charge, you know, that wasn't their doing. Yeah. So. I'm curious to see what they do with this and hopefully they take full advantage of a great actor and, uh, you know, pay the man, bring him in, cast him well, and let's get this show on the road. I'd really love to see him uh, terrorizing some, some quality superheroes here pretty soon. One thing that comes that I have to bring to the conversation, have to bring to the table, though, that's kind of funny. Actually, two things. Uh, one being funny, the second one kind of being you know, what your thoughts would be, but, uh, so what, what's the biggest drawback to John Carlos Esposito playing Dr. Doom? Like the most notable drawback. <laughs> the one reason that I thought John Carlos Esposito would be so good was because of his stone face. You're not going to see his face as Dr. Doom. He's right. wearing a mask. That could be kind of, you know, it's kind of funny, but, um, and then the other, the other is, you know, we we were talking about voice and, and voice precedent and what you kind of what your expectations are for some of these people going forward. I think the biggest one for me, obviously, Galactus, like what is the freaking voice precedent for that? Like he's so huge, like when he speaks, it would have to like rattle the theater, you know? Like, I don't know if that's just me being weird, but like, I think you're probably right because I think you would have to feel him speaking because he's so big. So like, how do you pull that off? Do you just like overload bass on the voice or like what? I mean, what do you do with that? Right. How do you do that outside the theater? Yeah, 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 yeah. James Earl Jones available. (laughs) Yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be so interesting. Yeah, I don't think they'd do that because it's too recognizable. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah, you make some great points. Um, I'll be excited to see how they cast it. And Galactus will be another one of those that, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, obviously, like Thanos, if they didn't cast Thanos right, 
they wouldn't have gotten the movie that they wanted. So, right. Um, it, it was really a testament to him, you know, Josh and how he portrayed the, the role. So, I mean, imagine if they wouldn't have casted it right. And you get like, yeah. With the snap of my fingers. Right. <laughs> had a, a cold yeah. or a cough or something. <laughs> that's what it like. Yeah. Um, so well, what, what time is it? What time of the show is it? What time is the what? What time of the show is it? Oh, we're, we're story time? It's story or, or is this story, story time? Oh, episode man. Ep- we're on episode number two here. Or issue number Spencer's, two, whatever you want to yeah. call Spencer's it. It's just comic novel, yeah, mental. Just to reiterate, you know, I'm like not a yeah, writer. Yeah, back up. You know, with, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, it's just give, ideas. Give us a quick um, synopsis of the 30 seconds or less of the previous episode. Oh, that's tough. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to do it real quick. Uh, so, uh, Daredevil suspects some things are going down. He's right, but he doesn't know exactly what this material is or what it's used for. He doesn't have like anything to go off of really. Uh, um, he suspects that the cops are involved in a way. Uh, in some weird way intertwined within something bad but the cop that he suspects is killed he's almost killed person gets away and then we have Kingpin who leaves us on the message of I know a guy or I know just the guy we, yeah, that's, that's what we said of uh having a few pawns to execute a plan that he has set in place. So I don't think I went, I think I went well over 30 seconds on that. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, That's we will okay. get into issue number two. Dude, and like a full minute. So. This is something that I wanted to propose. Uh, should I go ahead and do issue two and three? As of right now. Are, are you that in, are you that intrigued? I feel like you should keep it. So I know it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, yeah. really want to get ahead of yourself, but yeah. I think one of the time yeah, okay. is a quality tease. Okay. And you know, one day this is all going to be uploaded, and then it'll be just one big audio file. So, <laughs> right. I, I would go with episode two for now. All right, all right. And we'll have something special for you guys coming up soon. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So here we go. Once again, I'm just painting scenes here and trying to like portray it in a, in a good way. Uh, so we start with Daredevil lying on the floor of the hangar in which he was left. Uh, he's swooped up in a blackout state and left on the roof of the hospital where Claire finds him. He tends to him. He explains what happened barely. Like he's like coughing up blood and... He says, I've got to find this guy, good cop or bad cop. He killed him in cold blood. Then we go to the other doctor, not, not Claire. We're talking the evil doctor that we don't know the identity of yet. He heads to, into one of the hangars with a vial. We see he's surrounded by five other henchmen as he enters. He stores this vial into a cube that contains three others. And we see four other cubes in the hangar. One of the henchmen asks about the storage transport and various other things. The doctor explains where each container goes, how exactly uh, 
how exactly to get there. Uh, and as they're going to leave, they're ambushed. A henchman is hit and knocked out. The others begin firing at the dark, mysterious figure, picking them off one by one. The doctor is shoved into a truck convoy. They arrived in, and as the henchmen continue the battle, the doctor narrowly gets away. The convoy is going through the streets. There's three to four trucks in this convoy. When the truck in front is hit by a missile in the street, gunfire erupts. His truck hit another massive, uh, hit another truck creating a massive chain reaction crash that leads to every henchman being killed. As he's fleeing the scene, crawling on his hands and knees, there's a light on the street. Surrounded by darkness, where we see a staff come down on his back, knocking him more into the ground. The mysterious figure behind him asks, what's in these vials? The doctor crawling away says, go to hell. A sniper rifle shot hits the feet of the mysterious figure. Two trucks pull up, protecting the mercenary. Uh, the protecting mercenary from earlier begins shooting. Another one jumps out, fires a rocket towards the sniper, blowing the side of a building away. The doctor gets away. Mysterious figure vanishes into the night. You can hear the cries of several people in the city as an entire building side has been destroyed. Matt Murdock is in the hospital the next day seeing the news report of the previous night's chaos. He gets out of bed. Claire says, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going anywhere in that condition. You're not prepared to fight anyone. Matt says, I have to meet with a client today. I know my physical limitations, but I need to be Matt Murdock today. My client needs me. Matt meets with his client, who is facing seven years in prison for being in a bar fight in which the other almost died. The prisoner is stressing the importance of his seeing his family and how crazy things are on the inside. Matt saying seven years is the minimum and that he should be thankful that he's worked with him to get it. As we see this scene, we see that the doctor walks in behind with some guards and the police guide him into a separate area of the prison. He's carrying a rather large briefcase, and Matt hears and senses something. So he leaves his client to investigate, but the cops stop him, saying he's trespassing. The doctor walks into a dark room where no one can be seen. All he says is, Kingpin and I could use your uh, services. A booming voice says, not much I can do from here, in these chains. The doctor picks up his briefcase and places it on the table, reveals what seems to be a smaller scale of the containers at the dock. That's why I'm here, he says. End. Dang. I, I get lost in the, the visuals. Yeah. I actually made a little typo. Um... Uh, and I realized it as I said it that, <laughs> and I knew I would do it at some point, but I put in there that Matt Murdock sees a TV. He can't see anything, but, um, yeah, other than that, I think that it's still, we're still in like the early stages. 
which is why I really wanted to do two. But well, we'll save it for the yeah. I think yeah. it'll be quality, quality stuff over quantity. Yeah, it's it's very it's interesting, and you you're picking places that are very easy to picture. Mm-hmm. So boat dock, pier, hospital, streets. Yes, there's. Yeah, like a street light. Like everybody's seen a street light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if you watch Spider Man, you've seen plenty of street lights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very recognizable, iconic images from mm-hmm. movies. And and then the building that I'm thinking of too, which is really funny because once again, like if you hear stuff, you can visualize it. And you know, when I had the 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 scene with the henchman jumping out with the rocket launcher. And shooting inside of a building, I was totally envisioning like a brick building, like right. a red brick building. Right. With yeah. the explosion of yeah. the, I could, I could picture it. Yeah, exactly. And that's really half the fun as you guys are listening to him, you know, spell this out, uh, make sure that you're, you know, close your eyes and just picture the scene and yeah. see, see where he goes with it. Cause it's a lot of fun to kind of play along with it. Mm-hmm. So. The biggest thing I think that uh, we set up here is a mysterious figure basically doing Daredevil's work and the same person from issue one in which you have death. Like the other person's literally killing people, but the same person chose not to kill the mysterious figure. So I think that's like the scene, like, like that's the takeaway of the whole thing. Uh, but there's also, you know, what's going on with the doctor? Who is this doctor? Right. What's his play in this? So at this point, um, from the, the head of the writer, uh, just to anybody that's kind of following along, but isn't, uh, fully grasping the character web mm-hmm. who are the people that are important to the story within the story to you so who's important the notable characters the notable characters should know as they're following along to the story as of right now yes there are five very crucial characters uh, with the introduction of a sixth here uh, but there's a lot of like side side stuff going on too right. uh with like you know claire um uh you have basically right now biggest character is obviously daredevil matt murdoch um and then uh fisk wilson fisk uh as kingpin uh then you have this mysterious doctor the mysterious shadow figure and the mysterious killer it's like friend number one yeah friend, friend number, number two, two. <laughs> friend yeah. Number anonymous three. number one anonymous right. number two the shadow it's just figures the the people involved will be revealed for sure yeah and that's what i think is is interesting to stories to me i don't know it's ambiguous um there's also i will say this uh one of the henchmen is actually a big time character going forward but we just haven't seen it he's played a he played one big role in this one but like not 
a, uh, he's still kind of like a side thing. You don't even know he's there. So I will say that. That's a lot of fun. It's um, so much fun. Like, like you were talking about earlier with Kevin Feige, like I, I'm realizing this more and more as I start to do this, that like you literally have so much fun writing this stuff out because it's literal, just fan fiction. So like you create your own universe, you create your own story, you create your own everything. And like, it just, it's it, physics. yeah, it makes, it makes so like, it just, I don't know. It's interesting. It's fun. Yeah. And I think we all do it uh, in moments. We go, oh, you know what would have been crazy? Mm-hmm. And we do that. But like the the way that you're going about doing it and finding new ways to kind of, you know, bring a story to characters that have already had millions of stories written about them, um, but bringing it to life uh, in through your brain. That's pretty cool. Like that's yeah. we talked about it. And that's something that I would somewhat struggle with because that's not my forte um i'm much better at taking things uh in off of a screen or uh, a podcast or something but uh so i'm impressed with the the writing capabilities so far and i'm excited for the next episode are you one episode ahead or are you two at this point um two wow Uh, so i have that's pretty cool up to four almost five now so and what's your estimation on uh total episodes uh, story. I'm not really sure. I think just keep going. Yeah, because I have an end goal set for this specific Daredevil run. Because as we said when we initially started, that this is Daredevil X Fantastic Four, or basically like the Marvel Defenders X Fantastic right. Four. So, um, I think with this Daredevil run, it's going to be maybe 10 and then. Maybe, maybe 12. Um, and that last issue is going to be massive. Like, <laughs> okay. it's going to be awesome. So, that's very uh, cool. But the, the, it is kind of slow paced at the moment. I've, and I, I've deliberately did this because, uh, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm a few issues ahead. So, I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, stuff picks up quick. So, uh, stuff will start popping off pretty quickly and also you will soon realize why it's called daredevil election year and you'll actually get that in the next episode so so tune in yeah um that was a lot of fun as always um do you have any final thoughts about anything that we covered today um it's just so much angst and anticipation for what's next. Really, <laughs> you wrote it. You're the like, yeah. Well, the, everything, everything that we talked oh, about sure. today, yeah, yeah. everything that I I wrote, and it, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, because once this starts, uh, it should snowball, and you know, as we've talked about, we want to get lots of content, um, for everybody to listen to, and then once Marvel's here and back, we'll be able to do. Uh, episodic, uh, you know, ep- episodes that sounds like a <laughs> double there, but yeah. literal, like we can talk about episodes within the Marvel universe mm-hmm. of WandaVision, and they're going to be released, uh, it looks like one by one, so we can cover them similar to Mandalorian effectively, right? yeah. yeah. And uh, if not, we'll figure it out, but um, yeah, I'm excited to cover the episodes, I'm excited to cover the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll definitely be going to like midnight showings and all that yeah. and then follow up films to give you 
um, you know, we can give you like instant reactions of, oh, this was incredible. This was, this was this. And then we'll go back and see it again and then break it down a little bit more for you guys. Um, and of course, we'll always have a spoiler or non-spoiler version of things. So very excited. Um, really kind of just ready to take these next steps and figure out where this thing can go and where it can grow. So uh, with that being said, thank you for joining us. And if you're interested in, in listening to all of the comic book series that is being put together by Spencer this issue, um, I will be stitching it all kind of together into one major video at the end. Um, so, you know, we've got a little ways for that to go. But if you're in the future, hello, um, how are things going? Hopefully better than right now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, 2021 There will be, yeah, <laughs> be an option for you to kind of get it all within one, um, one episode. So. Uh, thanks again for joining us and we can't wait to talk to you again. So have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great morning wherever you are. Spencer, thanks for filling us with your comic book knowledge. Mm, yeah. And we'll talk to you guys again very, very soon. See you. Bye.